Welcome, welcome to another episode of the DOS Game Club podcast. Uh, I'm Martijn, Tijn on the forums, and with me is our trusty co-host, Florian. Hey, guys. Uh, hey. So, yeah, that's cool. Uh, and we are going to discuss uh, the game we played in July. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. That's correct, yes. Uh, which is Prince of Persia. So, that's a classic. Uh, now, we're not going to do that by ourselves, are we, Florian? No, necessarily. No, exactly. So we've got two of our uh, of our DOS Game Club member regulars, actually, on the show. Uh, yeah, very excited to, to have them. Uh, first of all, it's uh, Richard. Hi there. Hey. And also joining us is David. Hi there. Hey. So, yeah, great. Great that you could join us again and, and talk about this uh, classic game. Uh, yeah. Looking forward to it. Hope you are too. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is this has been this has been one of my favorites for a very long time. So oh. it was great to play and discuss it. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, well, let's let's just dive in then, right? Right. start by looking at who suggested this game, but I'm not sure at this moment. Do you know who suggested... I think it was me, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think so as well, but I'm not completely... Do you yeah. know for sure, Florian? No, I don't know. Hmm, okay. Should we look it up? No. No, 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 I will just trust David. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, mean, definitely, I definitely put it on the forums, but I don't know if I was the first one. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, so it, it, it was a suggestion anyway, and, and mm -hmm. yeah, it, it was probably you. So... Yeah, and, and you just mentioned that it was one of your favorite games. So, mm -hmm. uh, how did you start playing this game? What what uh, can you tell us? What how you got to uh, you know learn of this game and and why grow to love it? Yeah, so um, I don't actually know where this game came from uh, when I was a hmm. child. Uh, it was one of the many games that seemed to just sprout on the hard drive when my dad <laughs> swapped discs with work and everything. But uh, Prince of Persia was one of the games that everyone with a PC seemed to have, just like it was hmm. It was part of DOS. I've never uh, paid money for it, unfortunately. It's, uh, it's uh, not something that I ever eventually bought legitimately. Hmm. Uh, but still, it's, it's something that uh, I've known since I was about... Uh, when did it come out? I suppose the PC one was 1990 or 1991, so yeah. very young, seven or eight years old. And uh, I didn't have a manual, 
So I didn't know that uh, the shift key existed for doing uh, any sword fighting or clinging on or <laughs> careful steps or anything. So uh, getting past the first level was a challenge. Um, I spent the full hour on that once, just trying, experimenting new things, trying to find new routes. Why can't I jump over this bit? Uh, but eventually uh, I went through every key on the keyboard and uh, discovered... Uh, there was a magic button that allowed you to do a whole lot more than I thought. <laughs> I remember doing that, actually. That, but to me, that's sort of the DOS way, is you start a game and then you just press every button to see what, how, how this works. <laughs> Absolutely. It's a, it's a spirit of experimentation. I, I feel this is a valuable skill that maybe n young people now are lacking. Mm. Yeah, I, I still do that today when I get new games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you would look it up today, but who does, really? No, exactly. So, uh, yeah, that's cool. It, it it does seem like one of those games that no matter where you went to a friend or to family or, or just any computer seemed to have this game on it. So, yeah, that's I can I can totally relate to that. It was just there and it always has been for some. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Um, have you played it as well as a child, Richard? Yeah, I was. My dad used to work in a university, and he used to sometimes in the summer holidays, I'd go in and mess around on the computer in the computer Ooh, labs. Uh, that's nice. I remember one of the techies there showing it to me, sort of showing it off. So I sort of took home a copy myself without paying for it. So. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I don't think anyone paid for this back in the day. It's amazing how they survived. Yeah, I don't know anyone who bought this game yet. Everyone had it, so I don't know how that worked like financially, economically. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I, I think we all love this game as since our childhood. W was it the same for you as well, Florian? Or Strangely, yes. Uh, usually at yeah. this point I'm saying, uh, no, I never heard about it, but I this time <laughs> it's different. <laughs> um, I actually played the game as a child. I liked it as a child and I liked it again. Yeah. I think the last game that I actually played as a child here was Transarctica, which we played in February. And now, mm. finally, something new for me. So ah. something, something that I already knew. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's just one of those super classic games. It's, it's almost a mythical name, Prince of Persia. It's like, oh, it's like, a, I don't know. It's like it always existed or something. It's almost not made by humans. But yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so okay so everyone knew it and and yeah it's just it's just a classic game isn't it yeah i think part of the reason is that it basically ran on every dos machine because it has so low spec because of its mm. um, apple II history right well we'll, we'll we'll dive into that later yeah, sure. but yeah indeed um so i guess the second question then is since everyone has played it before um and, and you've revisited it now so many years later was it was it like you remembered it was it the same thing or was it different in some way for me it was mostly the way i remembered it but of course as a child i never really understood what was going on and i didn't speak english back then so hmm. i didn't even understand that, that bit of the story that was there and mm. i think i never made it past level three or something like that but yeah now that i finally managed to finish it i'm feeling much better about it wasn't the game translated in, in German? Most games seem to be. Uh, it probably was, but I never saw the German version, mm. if there exists one. Yeah. And there's barely any text anyway, right? Right. Mm. So was it the same for you guys, David, Richard? To be honest, I played this one so much, it still, still felt quite fresh in my mind going back to it. Ah. So, Have you yeah. played it since a lot? Um, 
Maybe, I don't know, maybe 10 years back. I don't know. Not Certainly not a lot. <laughs> but, I mean, I, st- I still remember the routes through the levels for the most part. It, it took, like, two attempts to get through it after all these years. Wow. <laughs> You've got a good memory. No, I really haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I think Prince is a, a, is a short and... Um, compact enough game so that you can just remember it all and uh, it's 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 just so well built mm. that uh, every level has something unique about it you remember it um especially if you've played it as much as we have over and over yeah uh, but it's it's just a very memorable game the whole thing yeah you know what what's weird um as a child i i really I played Prince of Persia a lot and I liked it, but I was also quite young, so these memories are a bit vague for me. But I do remember very clearly playing the sequel a lot. Oh, okay. Uh, And I was massively into the sequel because, well, to me, the first game, it felt a bit cramped and it was always inside and it was sort of the same level over and over uh, and then the second one, the sequel, it, it opened up like you, you would go to these weird places and see all these different backdrops and stuff. So I was really, really hooked uh, and, and played the sequel a lot. And and I thought that I hadn't actually beaten the first game. I thought I just, you know, as a child does just play level one over and over mm-hmm. and that's it. But playing it now, I remember every level and and every level i was hmm maybe i played up to this point and then the next level was hmm maybe i played up to this point <laughs> and then i was at jafar you know the final boss beating i was like okay i must have played it up to this point because i remember <laughs> this as well <laughs> so yeah i th- i going in i thought i hadn't beaten the game but then beating it again i realized i must have i must have beaten it because i know i knew everything that came along even though i haven't actually played it since i don't know 91 or something Oh wow! Like, okay, yeah. So, so, so that was a big gap, yeah. Early adopter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was. I remember we got our our first DOS machine. Uh, it was a three eighty six SX machine, uh, mm-hmm. and this was on it. Like I think this was the first game that was just on it uh, as, as we. Uh, well, I I don't know how it got on there as well. Uh, <laughs> It it was it just was. <laughs> you mean you played it before you got your mythical box of games? Yeah, yeah, I did. Crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, yeah, my uncle gave me uh, his collection of uh, five and a quarter inch floppy okay. disks. So as a kid, I just used to browse all these old games and play them. But th- yeah, this was before that. We just got the the PC, turned it on, and and somehow Prince of Persia was on there. So we played that. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so. This is a classic game and everyone has fond memories of it. But maybe maybe for people who are, I don't know, very young or missed it somehow or I think it's good if we if we still explain a little bit, you know. Certainly, what, yeah. What, yeah. So what what is Prince of Persia? Well, it was it 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 was an entirely new thing when it uh, was released, but uh, mm. it's at its heart, it's a platform game. Uh, you are you are somebody who isn't the Prince of Persia just now. You're a traveller who's <laughs> suspiciously white in Persia, uh, and uh, your objective is when the Sultan's away and the Grand Vizier Jafar has uh, taken over the reins of power. Uh, your objective is to. Uh, get to the princess and rescue her right. within one hour, one real-time hour. You have one hour to play the game, uh, and if you run out of time, it's game over. Right, because I think the story is that uh, Jafar is is marrying 
the princess in an hour? Is that something like that, mm-hmm. or or some kind of spell? I don't know what what's going on actually. Yeah, she has she she has the choice of marrying Jafar or dying within the hour. Right. So you have one hour to to save the princess, basically. Yeah. And aren't you uh, playing uh, a, a prisoner? I believe. That's right. That's right. Yeah. You you start in the dungeons and you have to work your way up the tower uh, to eventually get to the princess. Right. Right. Exactly. Um. So it's essentially a, a platformer. Uh, it is, but it wasn't like any other platformer that had come before, because even though it's really hard to remember this in these days when every Space Marine shoelaces bounce realistically, uh, <laughs> this was the first game where you were controlling a character that actually looked and moved like a human. Hmm, indeed, indeed. Yeah, and that's yeah. We'll talk about that a little bit more later, I think. But that has mm-hmm. a um, a lot to do with with the way the animations are made. It's just the way it moves. It's all. It's incredibly realistic, really. Yes, absolutely. So, so it's not like Mario. Then it's not. It's not that kind of platformer. No, it's much. Uh, I, I suppose heavier and more ponderous movement that threw a lot of people off at first. Uh, but the the feel of it is completely different to any other platformer that had been released up until then. Right. It's um, it's maybe a, a cinematic platformer is what you could call it, I guess. Yeah, I think that's the term that uh, they use today for them. Uh, for things like Prince of Persia was the first, and then there were things like Flashback or uh, Blackthorn, I think, by Blizzard, mm, uh, which yeah. I, we never played. But uh, yeah, things of that genre. More recently, uh, the Abe games on the original PlayStation, Odyssey, and uh, the other one, what's its name? Exodus. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's not it's not a scrolling platformer. Uh, we've talked a little bit about this in the Commander Keen episode because Commander Keen was very notable for for being a scrolling platformer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, just just for reference, Commander Keen was released on DOS the same year as Prince of Persia. Oh wow! Yeah, both nineteen ninety. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Um, yeah, but this game isn't a scrolling one, so it's just one screen at a time. It 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 plays more like a puzzle game in a way, I guess. Like every screen is sort of a puzzle that you have to, well, survive basically, just get through, and then yeah, move on to the next screen and see what's there, and then solve that area, and then move on to the next until you find the exit. Basically, that's that's to me that's that's how it feels. The flow of the game. Yeah, it definitely has more puzzle elements than most uh, platformers would have at the time. Yeah. Yeah, and le- less actiony. Also, it's lo- it's less just running and and yeah, make it up as you go along. That doesn't really work in in Prince of Persia, does it? Mm. Yeah, because you fall off and die. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, and and you you also mentioned the sixty minute limit, which is it's kind of insane, really, to to say you have to beat this game in an hour. I mean, why would you? <laughs> Why would you not want the player to play it as much as he likes? Why? It always felt a bit odd to me that that there's a restriction in in how long you can play this game. Ah, uh, well, you you can play the game for longer. Just a single session cannot last longer than sixty minutes. Hmm. But that, that that's a difference, and I, I feel these sixty minutes they are just or oh, they were there to to just give you an incentive to to not linger around for too long and to give you a feeling of of urgence and hmm. yeah. I think that actually that would have worked if saving and loading wasn't easy so fast. Mm. Yeah, that's the thing, because this game does offer 
a safe slot hmm. so you can save your game and load again. Yeah, we were playing it on, on modern machines or more or less modern machines from hard disk. And I guess if you played it from a floppy drive, then you think twice before you reload the game, I assume. Mm -hmm. Because you, you have to quit the game to reload. Yeah, there's no there's no in-game menu for this, is there? Nope. I don't think as a, as a child I knew about the, this feature no, to begin not, with. It's not, yeah. I never found it. So I'm, I've literally never saved my game in Prince of Persia. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Not, not not even when you played it now? Well, I didn't, I don't, I didn't really need it this time. But yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't need to save in this game. I'm so good. No, this this this, this is what I remember. It's a... Yeah, I think you just got really good at it because you didn't know uh, how to save the game and load it again. But I've, I've, yeah, I really like the 60-minute mechanic. Hmm. I mean, you if you, I mean, there's so many of these games where you get three lives no matter how far you got through and had to start again. It's quite generous compared to a lot of games before it, I thought. Oh, mm. right. So there, there, there's, there's one problem with that, though. Um, imagine you lose a lot of time in the first levels and you think you're doing well, and then suddenly in level 13, you run out of time. Yeah, but the, the time That's limit, it's quite forgiving, though, isn't it, the time limit, really? So you kind of got a bit further every time uh, once mm -hmm. you learned what you were doing. That, that really depends. I mean, sometimes it took me, I don't know, an hour or more to beat a single level for the first time. Hmm. So Yeah, the, the distribution of levels is kind of strange throughout the game because the first couple of levels, they're very easy to complete very quickly. And then they start ramping up and maybe take uh, four or five minutes each. Hmm. And But then towards the end again, they become very short again. Yeah, maybe that's because people are maybe running out of time and it would be mm -hmm. a bit unfair to give them a, a very long level all of a sudden but yeah i don't know it i don't i don't i don't think it's well it's it's definitely generous the the time limit if you know the game already but going in blank i'm not sure if you could do it on the first try in an hour mm -hmm. it's well you have to be a really really a pro gamer to do that i think yeah but but I I guess that's that's intentional. I mean, yeah. you don't want people to finish your I don't know how much it was back in the day, but your expensive game in an hour and then mm -hmm. be disappointed. You want them to play it for weeks before they yeah. actually finish it. Imagine that buying the new you know Call of Duty and you start it up and it says beat this game in an hour. Like what? <laughs> I just paid sixty euros for this. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, for you, single player, it's about four hours or something, isn't it, on one of them these days? Yeah, that's true, that's true. These campaigns are actually getting a lot shorter. That's that's actually true. Um, so, yeah, uh, puzzle platformer, cinematic platformer, one screen at a time, 60-minute limit. Now, I feel that actually what Prince of Persia is about, and it, 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 yeah, that first, those first few levels are really, uh, they feel almost like a tutorial explaining, trying to explain to you uh, how this works. They've got this uh, tile-based movement, haven't they? It's, um, it's actually made up out of, yeah, there's a grid mm -hmm. going on, isn't there? Yeah, so uh, the levels are made out of a grid. Uh, the prince doesn't really adhere to the grid, um, or, or the game does a really good hmm. job of pretending that the prince doesn't and making small allowances for you and changing animation subtly so that he adheres to the grid. Right. Uh, one of the things that I noticed when going through this game again and just more recently is that uh, is just how much work went into making it feel natural and making the controls really feel good. Mm. Yeah, definitely. It, feel, it feels very smooth. Mm. Uh, yeah, and forgiving also. It, it's not... It, yeah, what's the opposite of, of frustrating? It's... Uh, 
it's it's not it's it just feels very smooth to uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and um but it's it's really about getting a feel for how this how how these tiles line up and and what sort of jumps you can and can't make uh i feel that's quite essential to to understand before you can uh continue in into the next levels is to yeah you have to know how far you can jump when to jump uh and this all has to do with the tile system I yeah think. that's right it's it's a, it's a lot about learning what the prince can do and uh what's dangerous and what isn't yeah exactly and a lot is dangerous <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and and if you're if you're used to those Mario and Doctor Key, uh, Commander Keenline uh, like uh, games, then you may have a hard time getting used to Prince of Persia. I had it, and I think most people suffer in the same way in the beginning. How so? Because uh, when you play other platformer games, you push the jump button, and your your main player character jumps jumps right away. And mm, right in Prince of Persia, it's the opposite. You really have to act like you're playing an actual human. So you have to um, run up to the jump and you have to press the button in time so that, that you jump uh, right at the ledge of, of, of a big drop. Right. And it's just, there's lots of anticipation going on. You know, um, mm-hmm. he's, he's, uh, he's um, getting some swing before he's jumping. And that's, that's very different to uh, other platform games. Yeah. Yeah, but I also feel this has to do with the tile system and the grid that's going on. Because in, for example, Keen, Keen or Mario, it's all just pixel. You 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 jump instantly because you're just on uh, on a pixel grid, really, and you can just jump anywhere. While the prince, he can only jump from the edge of a of a tile. Mm-hmm. So you you press jump, and then he he will he will jump, but not right now. He will jump as soon as you cross into the next tile, right? Yeah, more or less, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so I think that's... Yeah. yeah, and I think it also has to do with the animations um, because they are captured from real people filmed hmm. who were jumping and they were just uh, basically copying um, what they... Oh, Jordan Magner, the, the developer, saw ju- just just copied over what he saw in the video and that naturally led to animations that look more natural and that also means that... Uh, if you want that to work, then you also have to adjust your control scheme that it feels like you're actually controlling what's going on on screen. And yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think I think we'll elaborate a bit on the video stuff, but definitely, like we mentioned before, this this lifelike animation. That's really well. That's the first thing I think that you notice when you start this game is like just how the prince moves and what it looks like and how realistic it comes across. Right. That's really impressive. And it, it still works, I feel. Yeah. I mean, it was impressive back in the 90s, but it's still very good. I think that the best part about it is that the main character only consists of, I think, four or five colors, mm. but it looks so lifelike. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, it's impressive. And the resolution also isn't... It's not that high, is it? It's not... Yeah, it's just a few pixels, really. Standard VGA, yeah. It's 320 by 200. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that that's impressive that it it's able to to look so smooth and and yeah, it 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 feels like there's more detail than there actually is. Maybe it's mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's cool. So, what other stuff is there in the game? I mean, we mentioned a bit that there's uh, walking around and jumping, um, but there's actually a lot of threats uh, to you that th- things to harm you. Uh, everywhere, basically. I think there are only five things in the game that can harm you, right? 
I don't know. Um, <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm not miscounting, there are there are spikes, which are your typical spikes that uh, come out of the bo of the, of the floor, mm -hmm. um, which you actually cannot directly see when when you approach them. They're just uh, displayed as small holes, and once you get close, they will actually extrude from their or yeah. from their holes. Yeah. Then we have those those chompers, which are basically huge. Uh, what would you call them? Um, Guillotine-like things that block the way. Um, yeah, is that the double knife thing? The, the or what is it? This is a single. I, I'm not sure now. But it, it's a, it's basically a giant knife, right? That goes. Yeah, or, or two knives, one on the bottom, one on top, and they yeah uh, try to chomp you into two pieces. Exactly, <laughs> and yeah. often succeed. <laughs> yeah. Um, the another another thing that can hurt you is um, dropping too too low mm -hmm. or too deep. Um, there's 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 trick floors as well, right? You so you you can yeah you can think you're safe, but then actually <laughs> oh, right, the floor gives out. Right, actually there's 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 then six things because um, those floors can also hit you from above. Well, yep. If you're uh, trying to remove them from the ceiling so that you can climb there, then they may also hit you. Yeah. Um, number five are enemies. Yeah. Of which there are several kinds, mm -hmm. and there are potions that can hurt you. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, there are potions scattered across the levels. Um, it's really quite, um, what's the word? It's, so, it's sort of standard now, but I feel that it's also because of Prince of Persia that this became video game language, you know? Like there's a red potion, that's health, and there's a, mm -hmm. yeah, and there's a blue potion, oh, that maybe that's not so good. I think... This game is one of those games that that laid out this language that we all use in other games nowadays. Ah, uh, but nowadays I think blue is usually uh, mana or something like that. So yeah, okay, okay, but you know, just yeah, it's, it's very typical video game uh, mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. yeah. You you start the game with uh, three lives, I think, or or hit points rather. Right. Uh, and you can drink red potions to uh, regain them. But you can also drink really big potions and then you get more uh, of these hit points. It's a bit like Zelda, isn't it? Oh, yes, it's pretty similar. <laughs> True. Yeah. Yeah. Though you, you don't, it's, it's basically you don't actually need them, I feel. I mean, I don't know if there's one of those hmm. big potions in every level, but I think in my playthrough I picked up one and uh, let the others where they were because uh, I was trying to go through the level saving time. Hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's a, it's a trade-off. You you can explore around and find them, or you can uh, just run for it. Um, because because I because I was concentrating on speedrunning this game, I don't think I've drunk any potion in this game for a very long time. Wow! Uh, so I've I've never I don't think I've ever found all the red potions. I've never finished with the num the uh, the maximum amount of health. Ah, that's interesting. So you you don't actually need any of the potions, do you? You don't. Huh. But you still want them for some mm. reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you need the copy protection potions. Uh, what do you mean? Oh, have you? Did you not have this on your copy? Yeah, copy protection potions. Go on. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> um, well, when, when you finish, I think it's after. Is it after every level? I don't remember. No, it's just the um, first one, isn't it? First one. Yeah. So you you go to the end of the level, and then you come to a special room with several potions, and everyone has a letter on top, and it does say, "Drink the potion that is." On page whatever, and then you drink it, and if you're doing the getting the wrong one, then you lose health. 
which is very weird for a copy protection mechanism because you get three tries and if you fail, you lose health. Uh, wow, that's weird. Mm -hmm. No, my version never had this, uh, oddly. Mm. <laughs> weird, that's, that's very weird. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, I think the ones, uh, the um, tradition then was that if you had the disc version, you would have the copy protection. If you had the CD version, they didn't bother with the copy protection because nobody's ever going to be able to copy a CD. Right, yeah. Uh, so so they just ripped it out and then the CD version was the one that got passed around the internet. Oh, is, the, is there actually a CD-ROM version of this game? I don't know. Not that I'm aware. Yeah, it's not, it's, it's not different apart from the copy protection, I mm. think. But uh, there was a collection, Prince of Persia, that uh, had Prince 1 and 2 bundled together on the CD. Ah, right. Yeah, of course. Okay. Um, now, uh, we've gone over some of the mechanics of this game, but one big thing that we've not talked about at all, really, is the, the sword fighting. Right. Uh, which I feel is a huge part of this game. Because you mentioned there are enemies, there are several uh, kinds, but they're, they're quite similar, aren't they? Uh, yeah. Yeah, they're all Persian-looking guys with a, well, I don't know, with a dress on. Uh, and they just... Well, except for one. Yeah, there's a skeleton, I think, right? An, an unhealthier guy. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's, he's been waiting a long time and... You just, yeah, yeah pro probably was also a Persian guy, that's true. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there are these enemies and they just, they just stand there, don't they? They just stand there waiting, basically, like guards, uh, until you arrive and then, then they pull out their sword and, and, and go for it, attack. But I feel it's quite unusual for a game of this era to have sword fighting at all. Because I, I, I remember most games that had combat, they had uh, shooting projectiles. Uh, or maybe, maybe just going up and punching enemies. But the <laughs> sword fighting mechanic is quite unique, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it works pretty well, if you ask me. Mm, definitely, yeah. I mean, the sword fight, in the beginning, it feels relatively hard to uh, to actually hit your enemy and win the fight. But once you realize a few tricks, it's not that hard anymore, but it can look amazing. <laughs> yeah, and it feels good, too. It feels... I, I, I mean, I feel like if I had a sword now, I could do some moves. So. <laughs> <laughs> please, please don't try. <laughs> yeah, but it's cool. It's also, it's got the blocking as well in there, so it's not just... Attacking, it's also trying to, you know, evade and, and counter mm -hmm. what the mm -hmm. other guy is doing. And then you have the cool sound effects with it. It sounds, it, 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 yeah, it works very well. It's, uh, I don't know. I thought it was, I, I, you know, I think I was more impressed now than, than actually back then. Back then I, I took it sort of for granted. Like, oh yeah, okay, this game has sword fighting. Mm -hmm. But I played it now and I thought, wow, this, this is uh, executed very well. Yeah. They are, they are very rewarding, I think. You you enter into this fight, and once you want to finish a fight and you won, there's a little fanfare that, that has a diddle <laughs> And you're, you're super happy that, that you won. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's basically the whole game, isn't it? Is there something we missed? Uh, I mean, in terms of mechanics and, and <laughs> stuff that's just in the gameplay. Um, doors and switches, gates. Maybe we should mention them. Right, because actually what you're looking for is the uh, the door with the stairs, right? That's the goal of every level, yeah. is to find the, the stairs up to the next level. The levels are literally levels in this game. Like, the, you're, going, you're going up a level. Well, and you also go down once, at least. <laughs> yeah, okay, but yeah. yeah. And, and there, there are the, also the gates inside the level, which are 
often closed, sometimes they are open, and there are switches um, in the form of um, movable tiles, like pressure plates in the, in the floor. Hmm. Sometimes they, they open a gate, sometimes they open a gate temporarily, and sometimes they let a gate just drop down and you're caught. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, and they work quite... Uh, they're, they're they're quite complete because you can you can stand on them, but you can also uh, drop what these 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 stone tiles that you're walking on all the time. You can also drop them onto them, and then the the, the plates will stay down. The button will stay pressed. Yeah, if, yeah. If they're so loose, that's yes. that's impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some of the sword fights. If you defeat the opponent in the right place, they hold them down as well. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. And that's this is actually a testament to how well this game is made because. It's it's got these basic components in, but they all work together very well. So it's not just that the uh, the knives we talked about, for example, it's not just that they're hurting you. You can also push an enemy in them, and then it will. Which is the coolest thing, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> is it? Because when, when that happens and you have the correct timing, then you you see the your your player character. You're you're in the sword fight, and he has the sword, and he pushes the enemy back slowly, and then he sees, oh look, the the the, the jumper, and then he just. Uh, sheath his sword and waits until the jumper uh, <laughs> kills the enemy. It's 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 such a badass move. Uh, yeah. When I saw it the first time, uh, my 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 That's chin right. was hitting the floor. Yeah, he, he actually he, he puts the sword back, doesn't he? Yeah, be- before the enemy is dead, even. That's so cool. And then the enemy just stands there, and like, what? What are you doing? And then, oh no, it comes down on me. Oh, it's the coolest yeah, thing I've ever seen. All all those those super uh, manly sentences that that the duke utters all the time they are nothing in comparison <laughs> really <laughs> exactly so yeah it just works really well all the, the 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 pieces that make up this game they all interact nicely and it's all uh it yeah it mm-hmm. it just adds to the whole believable world that this game uh, offers um what's next development right yeah because we talked a little bit about about the, the the fluent animations, so maybe maybe we can talk just a little bit about how this game uh, came to be, and then we'll also talk about the the animations. Then, does anyone know anything about how this game came to be and, and stuff like that? Yeah, so there's a very good book by Jordan Mechner who had this uh, amazing foresight uh, to keep a diary of everything that he did wow, while did writing he? Prince of Persia. Uh, I think I think it's just called The Making of Prince of Persia. I can't remember, but if you search for it online, um, that's uh, that's the only thing that I've paid money for, Prince uh. of Persia related. So I thought that finally, by buying this ebook, I'll be able to give <laughs> some money back to him. Yeah. Um, but it, it is a fascinating account, and uh, it's... Uh, we were talking about it being a classic, but of course he didn't know that at the time, and he's so unsure of himself or which direction this game should go. It's it's quite harrowing to read that this game might not have existed at all. Yeah, wow. Because Jordan yeah. Magner, he is the the sole developer of this game, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, the Apple II version, the DOS version was programmed by somebody called Lance Goodry, I think, uh, but it had supervision from Jordan Magner. Right, okay. So, yeah, Jordan Magner... Um, was on his Apple II machine back when he was... I think he was still in university, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, all these people have done more in their lives before they graduated (laughs) than I ever will in my entire life. (laughs) I know, right? It's crazy. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he was, I don't know, early 20s, something like that. Yeah. And uh, and he got an Apple II. He actually made a game before this one, didn't he? 
Uh, karateka, yeah. Uh, I yeah. don't actually know how to say it. I'm just uh, hoping that's the right pronunciation. No, it's not. I don't know. I always say karateka, but I, I, have, I have no idea what it's actually supposed to. <laughs> There's obviously karate in there. Yes, so. yeah. And uh, yeah, karate. I, and that was Ka. that was a uh, <laughs> that that was a uh, it was a straight line game. It wasn't really a platformer, but it, it did have the sequence of one-on-one fights that I think uh, evolved into Prince of Persia's sword fighting. Right, right. And 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 karateka or or karateka or well, however it's called. Um, <laughs> he made that he made that also in university on the Apple II as well. Uh, also by himself. It's sort of the same way as this game, really. Um, and that game, it got published by uh, Broderbund, right? The, um, well, educational software publisher, I guess. Mm-hmm. Is it, is it, is it all these weird names? Is it Broderbund? There's a slash <laughs> through the... I know you always say BR0, but I'm not sure if that's... <laughs> BR0, Derbund. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm not I sure th- if that's correct, David. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that the, uh, the slash through it is just a, an artifact and that it shouldn't seriously be taken as part of the uh, pronunciation. Right, like a, like a metal umlaut. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, yeah. yeah. So is it... According, according to Wikipedia, it's pronounced Bruderbund. Oh, okay. Bruderbund. Okay. Bruderbund. Bru? How? Yeah, I, I don't know. Does the name does the name mean anything in any kind of language or? Uh... No, actually, Wikipedia <laughs> says that right here. The word "pruderband" is not an actual word in any language. Uh, okay, it sounds Swedish or something. But it's somewhat it's a somewhat loose translation of "band of brothers." Right. Into a mixture of Danish, German, and Swedish. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So if you if you're just trying to make it sound a bit European, yeah, yeah I think you could come up with that. <laughs> yeah, because it's actually an American company, isn't it? I think. Yeah, I think they're based in in uh, Oregon. So, yeah, that's where they are. So it's like that ice cream brand. What's it called again? Uh, <laughs> Hagen Dazs. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's the same. It's also a nonsense word that just sounds European. Mm-hmm. Right. So so uh, Jordan Mechner. Um, he he knew the 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 Bruderbund guys uh, through his previous game, and I think it was quite a success, wasn't it? The previous one. So I think they just gave him the freedom to make a sequel, and I, I read that they were hoping for an actual Karateka two, but that didn't happen. Uh, the, but I don't think they were. Uh, well, I think they were quite happy with the result after all. <laughs> because yeah, Prince of Persia was a massive success for them. So uh, yeah, I, I get the feeling that they just told him, yeah, you know, make whatever, and if it's good, we'll publish it. Which is a, a pretty cool deal actually to get. So uh, yeah, he he worked on it um, starting in 1985, and then eventually it was released in 1989. So he worked on it for four years, oh. and then and then tons of of uh, of ports. Were, were developed in the year later. So, uh, and I, I don't think he did the ports, did he? Uh, no, like I said, uh, the DOS version, I think he had some hand in, but uh, the rest of the console parts done around the world, he had nothing to do with. And to be honest, yeah. it shows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and actually, that's funny because you tried all of the ports, didn't you? I did, yeah. I have a video up on YouTube for this and the sequel about just trying uh, most of the ports. Uh, I think I did 12 for Prince of Persia and uh, five or six for Prince of Persia 2. Wow. Okay, well, we'll definitely have to have to dive in that then. Um, yeah, we'll put up a link as well with this post to the video because that has to be hilarious. All Just, right. Yeah. Uh, so, so what about the animations then? I mean, we mentioned that they're very lifelike. 
What's up? What's up with these animations? So they're tracings of Jordan's brother, uh, who's called David, I think. Hmm. Uh, they uh, he borrowed. Uh, well, you couldn't borrow video equipment there, and he didn't have an iPhone to do it. So uh, he, I think, he bought a camcorder. Okay. Uh, and all this recording equipment and uh, raced in a car alongside uh, his brother who was doing all the animations, the running, the jumping. Yeah. Uh, I think for the for the clinging on animation, they used a bus stop uh, <laughs> and hope, uh, just hoped the police wouldn't arrest them <laughs> as they were clinging on and climbing up the, the bus shelter. Um, and then he had to digitize them somehow because, again, you didn't have a USB cable to get it off. It's so difficult to remember just mm. how much trouble this was. And then he returned all the equipment the next day because he couldn't actually afford it. Uh, but that was that was how it was done. Ah, that's amazing. I didn't know he didn't actually buy the stuff. But being a student, I guess it makes sense that, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the, the Broderbund hadn't uh, given them a budget either. Oh, really? Okay. That's I I thought they had given him some amount of money to develop this game but I'm I'm not really sure maybe I'm uh, maybe I'm making them sound worse than they were but uh, yeah they, oh, okay. the the cost of the cost of recording equipment in 1985 or 1989 was very prohibitive then hmm. yeah that's true yeah and it's interesting because this technique it's called uh rotoscoping I believe mm -hmm. uh which is basically just tracing video frames and then uh yeah, these, these drawings together make up an animation that's basically the same as the filmed footage. Um, and it was used in some of his other games as well. Uh, I think in Kar Karateka or Karateka, I think he also used the rotoscoping technique. Um, and I know for sure that he used it in, in a later game he made, uh, The Last Express mm -hmm. from 1997, which is sort of famous for it. So yeah, it's like his his thing. His uh, it's his uh, what do you call this? Like his his trademark. Yeah, look. Mm -hmm. And um, it was actually quite innovative. I think. I mean, not a lot of games look this this realistic. Uh, but he did a he did a Reddit Ask Me Anything uh, thread, and and he says there that um, they didn't even do it for sake of innovation they just didn't know how to animate properly. <laughs> so, yeah, they were just not very good at drawing and and figured, well, what if we just do it and film it and then we'll have the footage and use trace that and then we'll have it. So it was just like the only way they knew how to get an animation on the screen at all. That's fantastic. Which is this, yeah. Best programmer art ever. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, now, Florian, you said this is originally an Apple II game. Yeah. Well, it's not the only DOS game that started on the Apple II, is it? Or, or uh, well, not even game, but, you know, the, the, it's not... Jordan Mechner is not the first DOS game developer that started on the Apple II. No, there, there are other very famous names that uh, started their career on Apple II, like um, people like uh, John Romero or John Carmack uh, mm. basically started out working... On Apple II machines as well, and so uh, yeah, maybe we have to we have to do a podcast about Apple II machines as well because that's the origin for all games. Apparently, I don't know. Mm, that doesn't sound <laughs> very DOS-like. No, no. But yeah, um, the game was was originally programmed in uh, uh, six five zero two assembly, which is uh, that's just the, the the machine code for the chip, isn't it? That's just as low level as you can get. Ah, uh, you can go a few levels lower, but yeah, 
with assembly, you're pretty close to the metal. Right. Um, and there's actually a code review online uh, by Fabien Sanglar. He uh, he has done a few others as well of games we played, like uh, Doom and, and, and Duke Nukem. Uh, but yeah, he has a... And Strike Commander. Yeah, that one as well. So uh, yeah, he's a, he has a really cool website where he dives into the source code of these games and, and analyzes it and explains how it all works. So uh, yeah, I'll, I'll put a link to that as well, along with the post, because it's quite interesting to read if you're into that sort of stuff. Yeah, uh, obviously that was only possible because the source code was made available by Jordan Magnar. Hmm. So, uh, which is another thing that that he shares with the um, id software guys, because all the early id software games were made available as source sooner or later too. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's cool. You don't really think of of Prince of Persia having a lot in common with you know Doom. No, but apparently it has the same um, sort of culture know. behind it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Huh, that's cool. Uh, Broderbund was sort of famous for their um, educational titles, um, and they actually started by by uh, publishing a lot of Apple II games. So that's maybe how how Jordan Mechner also got in touch with them, because he was learning how to program on the Apple II. And uh, I don't know. I, I think he just. I read he first made a, a clone of um, which one an asteroid clone because he was just learning how to program games on this Apple II, and he sent the clone to Broderbund, uh, thinking that maybe they could publish it. But then actually Broderbund, he's, they sent a letter back saying, "Well, they're actually looking for original games and not not clones." So uh, yeah, and that's why when he started to make original games. Um, they had some quite famous releases early on, uh, like uh, uh, Load Runner, for example, which also had a DOS port. And uh, Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego is also uh, a Broderbund game. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, they were, they were doing quite well in the, in the 80s. And then, of course, Prince Persia was also a massive hit. And they, they also did Myst in the early 90s. So uh, these guys uh, were, were super big game publishers, actually. I don't think they exist anymore, do they? Hmm. I think I I don't hear a lot about them, but I don't know. I don't know if they're still around. I don't think so. So yeah, that's uh, that's sort of the um, the background of this game. Yeah, um, we already talked a bit about the animations, but what's what's a bit uh, what was more or less normal back in the day, uh, but uh, then became a forgotten art uh, later on. Yeah, is that games ran on different uh, graphics hardware. So on, on DOS, Prince of Persia runs on Hercules monochrome graphics cards, CGA, EGA, and VGA perfectly. Okay, what what does that mean? Can you can you? Yeah, yeah. Um, when when I first played the game, I actually only had a Hercules monochrome uh, graphics card, and I thought, hmm, this looks pretty good. Huh. And only I don't know years later, I, I for the first time I had the CGA version of this game on a VGA computer. Okay. And I tried the CGA version. And I thought, "Wow, wait, this game has color." Yeah. <laughs> What's going on here? It has like it had like four colors, and I was like, I was blown away. And then again, a few years later, I realized there was also an EGA version. <laughs> and okay. I thought, "Wow, wait, this 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 game has more than four colors." Oh my gosh! And I, I should have known better. But um, when I first played the VGA version, which was now for DOS Game Club, I was blown away again. Oh wow! So now was actually the first time you played the VGA version. Yep. Wow, uh, you're not exactly uh, well. This 
the VGA has been out for a while, you know? <laughs> That's what. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the, the, the cool thing is in, in Hercules Monochrome, I mean, it, it was a black and white graphics card, but the resolution was higher, so they could just uh, use dithering to fake different shades of gray. Oh, so it's, it's not actually really black and white. It's mm. it's shades of gray that, that look a bit grainy, maybe. Yeah. Right, yeah. And then CGA is four colors and EGA is 16, I think, right? Yeah, exactly. Right, yeah. And and this game supports them all, so. Yeah. Oh, that's... Yeah, it had a Tandy mode as well, if anyone's ever tried it. Oh, really? The, the Prince is very... That, that one version, the Prince actually does have a tan. So <laughs> that's the only one. Ah, that's interesting, because maybe because of the color restrictions of that yeah, particular yeah. color set or something? Yeah. Mm, right. Hmm, that's cool. And then just a, a standard 320 by 200 resolution, I think. Well, except for the Hercules, which runs higher, but... Yeah, that's 720 yeah. by 350, also almost twice, well, well. Or more or less twice the same resolution. Hmm. Yeah, so there's relatively few details, but yeah, it still looks... It looks as though there's more going on than there actually is some way. It's I don't know, it's magic. <laughs> uh... I don't think we have a music clip today, do we? No, but I mean, the, no. the music is... is <laughs> Incidental? Occasional. Occasional, yeah. Yeah, it's just every, every now and then there's a little bit, you know, just a little melody. Uh, there's not there's not music in the background all the time, is there? No, mo mo mostly when you achieve something. You get the, the title theme, which is pretty cool, I think. That's it, I think, for, for real music. Yeah, and then there are those... Smaller jingles whenever yeah. something cool happens. Yeah, exactly. So just a minor thing, really. Although it is kind of cool that this game supports uh, sound cards, because I think when this game came out, um, that was a relatively new thing. Uh, most DOS games up to, I don't know, about the late 80s, they just had the PC speaker. Yeah. So uh, um, the Adlib card was released in '91, I think. No, no, earlier. No, it was early. Yeah, it's '87, it? something like that. This this was one of the. I remember playing this on my Sound Blaster. It's one of the first games mm. uh, supporting it. So yeah, uh, actually having the digital samples and all that. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, I was very impressed, especially the sort of grinding noise you get for the door at the end. For some reason, I remember liking. It's it's somehow it sounds very realistic, doesn't it? It's uh, the way the the door slides open. That that sound. It's I don't know. It's, it's, mm -hmm. On, on, at least on the Sound Blaster version, it uses PCM samples. So hmm. that's not a big surprise that it sounds realistic. Mm. Yeah, but I think it was one of the first games to, to use this in a really good way. Yeah, and it was. I think the Sound Blaster uh, support was added in a later release. It was not in the 1.0. Oh, really? If I remember correctly. Okay. I don't... Yeah, I don't know. I've all, I think I've always played with Sound Blaster support. Uh I don't. Yeah, that first 386 we got that that had a creative sound blaster in it, so, and and I think that worked. So yeah, I, I was used to the PC speaker version when I was a kid, mm. and, and even that works works pretty well, I think. Yeah, it's just for communicating these little jingles. I mean, it's not. There's nothing really um, vital in the in the audio that you need to to play this game. So it's just for atmosphere and yeah. But still, it's pretty cool sounding. I mean, the title song is really... Uh, it's immediately... When you just just heard the first three notes and you think, oh, yeah, this is Prince of Persia. So it, it, is, uh, it has its own character, which is cool. Mm. Now, 
We mentioned that this game was originally made for the Apple II, and it so actually the DOS version is a, is one of the ports, but it's it's not the only port <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> Yeah, that's absolutely right. There was the Nintendo, uh, the Super Nintendo, the Genesis, the Master System, the Sharp X6800. There was the PC Engine, which was called the TurboGrafx-16 in the West, I think. Uh, there's the Sega CD. There were a couple of other uh, console edits as well. And I'm, there's the Macintosh one. And I'm probably forgetting some more. Wow. Yeah, you forgot you forgot the only ports that I actually own, Game Gear and Game Boy ports. Oh, of course, yeah. Wow, yeah. So yeah, the, it came it came at a very good time uh, or a rather a very interesting time because one era of consoles was ending and the next one was beginning, so mm. uh it got ported to double the number of consoles that it otherwise would have if it was released in any other oh, year. Right, because it was ported to both the old 80s ones and the new 90s ones. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. Oh, that's interesting. So was it ported to both the NES and the and the SNES for example? Yeah, that's right. And um the that one's interesting because the NES one is more or less a straight copy but slightly less good hmm. uh, as many of the console ports are. They they all they're ne- they're never made with as much care as the PC and Apple II ones were. Uh, mm. There's there's always some fatal flaw with the movement or fighting or some limitation that the consoles impose. The the Nintendo version scrolls a bit because it has a square output, mm. and there are other cutbacks made to the sword fighting and things like that. Um, not to mention that the Klingon button doesn't always work, which is uh, a oh. fairly fatal flaw. Um, <laughs> wow. But the Super Nintendo one is uh, very unusual because it's almost a completely different game. They yeah. took they took some of the design of the levels from the original and the basic idea of the running, jumping, climbing, uh, but then they made these completely new levels, completely new graphics, new bosses. They expanded the game a lot. And it's more like a sequel than the port, the Super Nintendo one. Yeah, I've seen actually I was watching your video on it and I I couldn't believe what I was seeing this this uh, Super Nintendo version what's going on there it also has different features as well doesn't it mm. just different stuff added to it Yeah many more many more traps and things conveyor belts things like that Yeah That's crazy man mm-hmm. it's, uh... Yeah it's, it's it's well worth playing even if you uh, have played the DOS version to death it's a completely new experience Hmm yeah and also it has music, I, I believe, constantly in the background. That's right, yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't know if it's just one song or there's different ones, but I don't know. I, I watched maybe a few minutes of it and it already felt repetitive. So <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe what it's like playing this for hours. But yeah, it's, it's definitely worth checking out that Super Nintendo version because it's just crazy. <laughs> um, did anyone else play any of the ports? Yeah, I tried the Game Boy and the Game Gear ports, and they are both mm. horrible in their own ways. <laughs> um, and, and the, uh, that is just what, what um, David said. Um, in the Game Gear version, jumping and running is not, not really working. Okay. And in the Game Boy version, fighting is impossible. Okay. So And, and basically, this game is, is running, jumping, and fighting, right? And fight, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. So, if those are broken, then yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Mm. I, why, 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 why is this? Why, why is it just a matter of, oh, Prince of Persia is popular. Let's let's get a port out and and bank on all the sales. Is that it? I guess so. I, th- I think so. Yeah, mm, it was uh, it was a different kind of game that not many people had really 
encountered before, and I don't think many of the porting teams put the care and attention into the movement that uh, Jordan Mechner did. Right. Yeah, that's a bit sad. I think but, that, I think yeah. that uh, Richard's been playing the sequel as well. Hmm, uh, that's true. I have. I've not been the only one I've heard, I think. But yeah, a, I think the sequel came out about, was it 93? Uh, yeah. It was quite a big gap, wasn't there? Yeah. So it was... Now, when it, well, it's when the cinematic platform I got properly cinematic, I suppose, because it's mm. lots of cut scenes, music throughout, mm-hmm. lots of variety of backgrounds. Uh, you get quite a lot of sort of one-off backgrounds you have to run around in. Yeah, it feels it feels quite different to the original, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Too different, if you ask me. Okay. I, I think we, we talked about it uh, during the month when we played it. You were really, really enthusiastic about the sequel, but I couldn't stand it at all. Um, I liked the original the first game i liked it a lot in the end and then i started playing prince of persia 2 and everything changed mm. you had this this hectic music you had uh, enemies running onto screen from left and right you had to kill several of them there was screaming going on it was just an entirely different game and it was super hectic and the original game you had time to think you could make a plan it was it was different mm. i like it more a lot more it's the, well, it's the same sort of elements. It's the same sort of sword fighting, the same platform. I think it's supposed to be like a sort of exciting beginning yeah. to the game. It sort of dumps mm-hmm. you in right at the hard end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, through, the, the first level is uh, the escape, which is a lot more frantic. But uh, throughout the game, the enemies are a lot more aggressive than they are in uh, Prince of Persia yeah. 1. The guards will follow you from room to room. Yeah. Uh, the the big Medusa bitey heads, which oh. shouldn't be in the game at all, yeah. are just <laughs> awful. I um, still get nightmares from those. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. Now that you mentioned the, the very first level, I, I couldn't win the first fight. It took me like an hour to understand how to how to block and, and win the very first thought fight in the game. And the game didn't give you time <laughs> to actually learn it. It was just, hey, here, here here's a sword. Uh, I punch you, you're dead. Mm. So, yeah, and at that repeat that for sixty minutes, and that my frustration level was too high at that point. Uh, yeah, I think I think you're right that they try to open with a bang, you know, and instead of this quiet, uh, slow build that that the original had, I think they felt like they wanted to yeah throw you into the action immediately. But actually, well, you you, you don't know how to control the game at that point, so it doesn't. Well, yeah. Yeah, they were, I mean, they were slightly generous. The time limit in the game doesn't actually start till you get a few levels in, so you didn't get mm. as long as many tries as you wanted early on. But yeah, mm-hmm. I think they also changed the control scheme a bit, which is weird. Yeah, uh, that I think it's uh, the sword fighting. It it moved from shift to the control button. I think. Yeah, that's right. They added an extra button. So this for the this for the fighting. Yeah. Yeah. Why is that? Yeah, I don't know. I think control was a popular button for for fighting in in lots of DOS games. So maybe they felt it was just a bit more. It was it was a trigger for technical reasons. Uh, shift was a good one because it it's handled by the hardware differently from any other key, hmm. and uh, control now might have been similar. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the the sequel. You know, I really love the sequel myself, but that's just because I played it so much as a child, and then mm. I I think I poured. I was thinking about it today, actually. I think I poured, I don't know what, months into this game, just trying to get a little bit further every day. I must have played it over and over so many times mm. because it's actually quite a hard game, isn't it? No, it's, it's probably one of the most frustrating <laughs> games I've ever played in my life. It, it is brutal because the levels are a lot longer than Prince of Persia 1. The movement works a little less well. Um, it's, it's very frustrating. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I would have played it now, but... 
back then I didn't really have this concept of frustration or or hmm. I didn't really understand that that sometimes a game is just not so well designed and I just took it as it is you know <laughs> yeah. I just started yeah, yeah. it and just yeah this is what it throws at me so I'll just try and I'll just try again and I'll just try again tomorrow and just yeah I just kept on playing without really ever feeling uh that this wasn't going to work out and it didn't because I actually beat it in the end so yeah just perseverance I guess mm. yeah I mean you can progress it's not it's not so hard that it's impossible I suppose but yeah it just it took me a very long time yeah. but I I actually enjoyed it back then when I mm. was I don't know nine years old <laughs> did you finish the whole thing yeah oh wow yeah and I think it took me like a year or something I just played every day and I didn't mind <laughs> <laughs> did you did you uh, understand the secret at the end I don't think I did. I think I was very confused by everything that was happening. <laughs> uh, I remember jumping onto a horse, which then uh, flew away. Mm-hmm. I, that, I was very impressed by that. And and in the end, there was just a big hole of mirrors and, and, and crystals. And... Yeah, an outside <laughs> spider for some reason. Yes. Yeah, I was just, what? Where, where, where am I? What's going on? And then... And of course, the first game also plays with the reflection bit, which is actually something we haven't talked about at all. Uh, yeah, definitely. No, maybe we should. Yeah, we should get into that. The thing that I was referring to, uh, the, the, but the first game has one, the second game has one. And it's something that we were talking about earlier, that if you made it today, it would be something that you could just look on the, on the internet immediately. But uh, mm. this was mythical at, uh, at the time, uh, when you face the shadow at the very end of the game. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. What happens in the sequel or in this game? In, in the first game, right? In the first game, well, um, you encounter your shadow earlier on in the game. I think um, there's a weird point in the game where you have to jump through a mirror, and then you jump out at one side, but your reflection jumps out the other way. And I think it just runs off to the screen at that point, doesn't it? So it does. Yeah, yeah it almost. It doesn't really have uh, any consequences at that moment. So you just think, oh, that was weird. Oh, well, I'm a, maybe I imagined it. I don't know. And you just continue and nothing really happens. Um, but then a bit later, I think you encounter him again. Uh, I remember him stealing a potion at one point where, where you, yeah, there's a, yeah. there's a potion above you. And you mm-hmm. think, oh, I'll just grab that. And then before you can actually get to it, mm-hmm. your shadow walks in and he takes it and he leaves. I was like, what? Okay. <laughs> Uh, and then also he's um, there's a very long jump at one point in the game, and it's actually too long to to make it. So you you cling on to the side, but then your shadow is there, and he he makes you fall down. Is that it? Or he he closes a gate? I think. Yeah, I think he closes the gate while you're in the air. Exactly. So preventing you from being able to climb up, and yeah, so you fall down into the next level. By the way, uh, now that we talk about this huge drop mm-hmm. um, in the game, when you when you drop more than I think the two tiles, you're dead. Yeah, but you can you can drop as as far as you want as long as you cling on to a ledge, right? In in that level, you you drop at least six or seven tiles, I think. Oh yeah, but you just yeah when you, you keep this the shift button yeah. uh, pressed and then you 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 cling it's it's very Hollywood movie like I feel right. I mean completely impossible move to pull off in real life but. exactly but but you you drop two tiles uh, or two floors you drop two floors onto the ground and you're dead but you drop twenty floors and you can just cling on to a ledge yeah but he has very weak ankles you know. <laughs> <laughs> 
That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was, very strong hands. Yeah, he, he was probably chained somehow in the prison. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> right. So anyway, back to the to the mirror image. Um, so you, you come across him a few times, but then in the end, you face him like an enemy. So you can you can fight you can sword fight him right right and and it does actually well it it does work in that you can you can hit him but every time you hit him you you actually lose a life yourself because you're sort of hitting yourself I guess because he is you and he's a reflection of you so you're linked in some way uh, so then there's a there's a solution to this problem because you can't really. You can't really beat him. I mean, you could, if you kill him, you die. And if you do nothing, he kills you and you also die. So what do you do? Uh, and and what what you can actually do is you can just holster your weapon. Just mm-hmm, put it away. Mm-hmm. Put the put the sword away. And, and then your reflection, being a reflection of yourself, he also puts the sword away. And then you're... Uh, I, th- I think you then merge or something is that what happens yes yeah. <laughs> yeah so then you're one again and you're whole again and then you can go on to the final level where you beat Jeff- and you actually get the one uh, extra life that he grabbed in the one level oh yeah that's that's very good so yeah do you do you think it's technically possible to get to get that potion before the the shadow gets it i don't think so but i've never played it as much as other people so maybe david knows yeah. Uh, uh, I, I have not heard of a glitch that lets you drink that potion. Mm, that, <laughs> I, I wonder if you would still get the, the, the extra life. Mm. Uh, I bet you would. <laughs> yeah. If you had... Yeah. The game doesn't keep track so, of anything. Um, I think there's, a, there's no. a glitch where you can leave level 1 without getting the sword, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. in level 2 you have it anyway. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it would be interesting to play the rest without the sword, <laughs> though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by, by interesting, you mean impossible? Uh, I don't... I think it's possible to to bypass the guards, isn't it? It is, but you need the sword to get into your fighting stance so you can bypass them. Or I suppose you can you can glitch past them if you're frame perfect, jump at them. But I don't think that's possible mm. for every guard. Mm, right? Yeah, yeah. And if you just jump at a guard, he he kills you midair. Yeah. So yeah, that doesn't work. No. Okay. <laughs> right. Which is also a bit weird. I mean, w- w- apparently the the prince or prisoner has. It's stronger when he has the, the, the weapon in his hand. So when, he, when he's holding the sword, then your the life points or the hit points actually count. And if you don't mm. have the, the sword, then one hit and you're dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but then you move towards the guard. So maybe there's, I don't know, a lot of yeah. force going on. <laughs> he, did the, he did the same thing in Karateka. If you went in your fighting stance, he died in one hit. Oh yeah, because you actually played that the 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 game he made previously. He you you played that as well, Richard. Yeah, yeah. I'd never I'd never played it before. I thought I'd give it a go. It's yeah. It's it's amazingly similar to Prince of Persia. So you rescue you're still rescuing a damsel a damsel in distress who's been held by some sort of warlord. Hmm. And, and there's a little cinematic bits where they're being locked up and all of this. Okay. It's it's, bas- it's basically Prince of Persia without the platforming, so you just have the combat, except it's karate combat instead of... So there's, there's still a few puzzles in it. Okay. So, so it's similar to the... Sh- there's, if you don't bow to the to the woman right at the end, then I, I didn't actually try it, but I gather if you don't bow, then you don't win the game because she rejects you. <laughs> <laughs> wow! So you actually, so, you go through the entire game and you save her, but because you're not... Yeah. Oh, that's harsh. 
It is. And it's the only time you need that key in the whole game. Just like putting the sword away in Prince of Persia. <laughs> oh. hmm. Yeah. Well, it's cool. It's, it's a cool it's... trick. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right, David, that nowadays these sorts of things, people would just look them up on the internet. Yeah, just like I then, did, yeah. 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 And <laughs> the reason I bring that up is that uh, in the sequel, you when you're fighting all the guards on the last proper level, mm. uh, you go past this huge mural saying, he who would steal the flame must die. Right. And uh, I never knew the me. I never understood the second meaning of that. Um, I apparently always got past that last level due to some kind of bug or leftover work around in the game where I would just uh, leap over to the flame platform and not touch it and just leap back and go back and the exit would be open. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I was amazed uh, when <laughs> years and years later I looked at it on the internet and I found the, 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 the proper way to do it. Okay. Which, Richard, you, you probably know about. Well, uh, yeah, I, rem- I rem- vaguely remember discovering that years and years back, the first time I played it, but... The- <laughs> The problem, with the big problem is you have to wait. You have to go onto this last screen where there's this flame, and then die, and then wait for about ten seconds or something for all the music to play, mm-hmm. and then this sort of shadow gets up and goes and grabs the flame, and you come back to life again. What? But yeah. But but by this point in the game, you're so used to dying and restarting because the game's so sudden difficult <laughs> <laughs> that you love that you you don't wait ten seconds before you actually start again. You just uh, conditioned into doing it immediately so i think the only time i discovered that years back was when i just gave up in frustration and left it running (laughs) wow that's amazing so so you you actually have to die like you would die all the time in this game yeah yeah that's it but then not load a game or restart or what you normally do but just leave it be and then you would come yeah oh, wow because you're still carrying the shadow it sort of plays it i didn't have the manual back then when i played mm. it but it's it's you're still carrying the shadow around from the first game so there's like a mechanic where you can split with your shadow yeah. if you spin oh, around it's amazing i don't i don't yeah i don't think i got that either when i played it when i was young i don't know i think i used the glitch as well i don't remember this anyway yeah i, I had a similar experience in um Prince of Persia 1, um, you know the level with the mouse? Yeah. Um, you're actually trapped and you have to wait a while until the mouse that the princess sent after you uh, can trigger the button to open the gate again. Right. And I didn't realize that the mouse was coming and I was standing there trying to reach the, the gate before it completely closed and I didn't manage and I reloaded the game because I thought I was just trapped forever. Uh, and I did it, I don't know, 10, 15 times until I was about to give up and then I just realized, oh, there's the mouse it's coming and it's opening the gate for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, weren't you uh, leaving the game running to look up on the internet how to do this and while you let it running, uh, the mouse came? I, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I did that, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a cute scene, though. Um, yeah, super cute. But if you're not expecting it and you you think, oh, damn, I'm, I'm trapped here forever. Yeah. I think that is possible, though, to, to actually make without the mouse. Maybe David knows. It is, yeah. If you're super fast, you can get past it. Uh, just jump and sail just below the closing particles and get out without the mouse. Oh. Uh, and that, that's a big time saver when you're speedrunning it. Yeah, I can imagine that. Because, yeah, you have to <laughs> wait, I don't know, 20 seconds for the mouse to, to arrive, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm dropping off now, but have fun with the rest of it. It's been great talking to you. Oh, that's okay. Well, Sorry about that. Gotta run. Okay. Baby's awake. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Bye. 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 Oh, that's too bad, because I was just going to ask him about the speedrunning stuff, but...
uh, I guess we'll just have to include a link to his efforts uh, uh, along with the post. Um, right. So we talked a little bit about the the ports and the sequels and stuff like that. Well, actually, we talked a little bit about the the first sequel, uh, the the Prince of Persia two. But uh, Richard, I think you also played um, the next one, the three D one, didn't you? I, I did. I was sucker for punishment, I think. But <laughs> yeah, it's not actually a DOS game. This one, I should I should mm. put the disclaimers out and all that. But yeah, so it's. It's basically exact same gameplay translated into 3D. So it's, it's very Tomb Raider, which I think it got a lot of criticism for at the time for being just too similar. Okay, that's kind of odd, though. I mean, clearly Prince of Persia was first in in doing this platform stuff. Yeah, I think it might have been buggy as well. I, mean, I actually quite liked it as a game. It's it's quite slow paced. It's quite mm. puzzly still. Okay, uh, plots. There isn't actually. Don't Jafar's not in this one. So okay. Right at the start of the game, the, there's a bit party with the Sultan, and then apparently he's promised your wife to his, oh, some some other relative or whatever. Anyway, this. Okay. Yeah, hang on. I'm not remembering <laughs> the story. This has been a month since I played this, but basically, your <laughs> wife had already promised her to someone else, mm. and sort of reneged on it when he just happened to save the kingdom and all that. So. Okay. This, they t- come back, take revenge, and you get sort right. of th- thrown out, and the, you have to go and rescue her yet again, as ever. <laughs> there we go again. So I, I haven't actually played the the 3D. It, it's just called Prince of Persia 3D, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you say the mechanics work basically the same. But how does that then work in the 3D? Uh, can you actually move uh, freely? In all directions? Or? Yeah, yeah, it's 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 free movement. So yeah, it's it's not tile based in the same way. So I suppose it's a little more platformy, right? But it's still, I mean, it's still the same climbing, same sword fights. We've hmm. still got the blocking built in. It's it's a little different with the blocking in this. You have to sort of time it exactly right. If this change, if the enemy changes their mind on which type of sword thrust or parry or whatever they're going to do, then you have to re-block again. Otherwise, it doesn't. Okay, it sounds like it's just a little bit more elaborate, uh, but basically the same. Yeah, yes, yeah. the same. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it's a big game. Yeah, hmm. I think. You need to. I think the main. It would be incredibly frustrating, but they've, they've sort of gone with the times, and you've got the save and load anywhere mechanics. Uh, right. Without that, it would probably be worse than Prince of Persia too. But with that, it's just about survivable. Yeah. Well, the old ones also had the the load and and save features. So. But it's, yeah, yeah. You had to do the whole level each time, didn't you? Yeah. These, these yeah, levels that's are, true. Yeah, these are huge. You definitely wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> okay. What do you think of the whole series? I mean. You played all three. Uh, obviously, later they made even more Prince of Persia games. I think. Well, yeah, the series kept going. I mean, Sons of Time, I played a long time ago. I mean, that was that's a bit of a classic in its own right, isn't it? Yeah, I think I think this is considered the um, the original trilogy, though uh, the, the the first, second, and three D. I think those three are regarded as one series. I yeah, feel. I'm guessing. Jordan Mechner had probably gone on to other things, hadn't he? He was actually involved in Prince of Persia 3D, but only from a sort of supervising standpoint, I think. Hmm, right. So how do you think they compare, these uh, these three games? Um, I think the first one's the true classic, I have to say. It's, right. I think that's the... I mean, it's a, it seems fairly timeless going back to Prince of Persia to me. I don't know if it's just because I played it so well. It's hard to... 
have a fresh perspective on it. Mm, yeah. I think the second one feels like a bit of a reaction to perhaps people accusing them of the first one being too easy and them sort of going too far the other (laughs) way or something like that. I mean, I quite like a lot of things about the second game, but it just stops being fun, I think, is the problem with it. Mm, Yeah. Yeah, I can see that now. Uh, I didn't see it back when I actually played it, but yeah. With a more modern perspective, I can see that it's maybe... It's just too... It's expecting too much of the player, maybe. It's just, it's not that fun to just keep it, do trying it over and over. And these enemies are very annoying, especially the, the screaming heads. The yeah, I think they're goblin heads. It says in the hidden book, which yeah. news, was news to me. But it's just too much. Yeah, because yeah, they give you they give you a sort of you lose your soul and you get this broken one that's half the length and you have to do all these <laughs> Medusa head levels with it. <laughs> that's crazy. Just rubbing it in. Yeah. So how do you think the, the 3D one fits in then? I mean, I, well, I've, most people didn't like it at the time, I think. I think it did mm. get patched. I've only ever played it after the patch, which might have helped. Right. But, I mean, I quite enjoyed it. It's, it seemed like more of the same to me. Mm-hmm. It's got some quite... It's got a good love, level where you spend four levels climbing up this massive... Well, I'd say hot air balloon. It's a bit a bit of an understatement because this thing's so big, it's got a palace on the top of it on the mm-hmm. last level. But That's cool. That's sort of also going on in, in the first one, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's lots of climbing platforms, puzzles, same sort of thing, yeah. really. So I, I quite, quite enjoyed it. Hmm. Right. Cool. Well, it's, it's interesting uh, to compare these three games that are really... They're quite far in between uh, time-wise. I mean, the first one is from the late 80s, and then the the 3D one is from the very late 90s, I think. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, so yeah, it's a it's it's a, it's spreading a decade. It's like a, yeah, it's a, it, it it follows along a bit the development that went on with the PC in general, hmm. the move to 3D. I mean, it, that massive that happened on a massive scale with all games in the late 90s. So, yeah, uh, yeah, you had to be 3D or you didn't get made back then. Exactly, exactly. Right, so speaking of, of, of what people thought of it, um, I think you had some uh, some magazine scans, didn't you? I did, I put them all up on the website some months back. Yeah, I think maybe it's fun to, to look at what people thought of the game uh, back then. I imagine it was received quite well. Yeah, well, my magazines don't actually go back as far as the first one. We didn't actually get the first PC gaming magazines actually started after that came out, which is in the UK anyway. So it's an indication of how old it is. Yeah, of course. Because there are some contemporary uh, reviews. I think you find find some as well, Florian. Yeah, um, mostly by looking at Moby Games, but uh, yeah. Um, most of them were in the high 80s and um, mid-90s range. But strangely, there was one German magazine that didn't like the game very much. They gave it uh, the equivalent of 57%. What? And they complained that that it's hard to find the right time to jump over pits. Um, something that is actually super easy, I think. Yeah. Um, because you can, you can just push the button for jumping whenever you want while you're running and it will just jump at the right time yeah so. yeah if you just used to platformers i would imagine it's, it's, a, it's a bit strange you have to pair in advance don't you with the jumps uh. yeah so that that makes me think maybe the author of this 
or if you didn't play the game very much. Yeah. That's, I mean, yeah, the first two or three levels, you, you struggle a bit getting used to the control scheme, but then it's just natural. Yeah, exactly. I think if you play this game for more than maybe half an hour, then you're completely used to it. So but yeah, we, we can dismiss this yeah. this review as uh, unsubstantiated. <laughs> There's always one. Yeah. <laughs> There's always one, yeah. Oh, so yeah, there aren't actually any, any magazine scans for this one because it's so old. Ah, oh, that's too bad. I found a lot of reviews of the second game, right. so that, that was that seemed to be well received as well at the time. So hmm. they seem to find it less frustrating than the rest of us. I don't know, maybe we're just more patient back then. Yeah, I th- maybe games were were more difficult in general back then, and and I think it was also seen as um, just a legitimate way to make uh, a game longer, and and just yeah. I think I think one of the ways the games were made so you can play them uh, for for hours on end was just by making them really really difficult and yeah I guess people were just used to that 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 way I don't know yeah yeah they were super I mean they were more expensive back then so I guess you wanted a bit of value for that yeah exactly so I think people would feel it's a bit of a shame if you if you just play through it on your first attempt and then yeah. You've spent all this money on the game, and then the the same weekend you bought it, you already finished it. I don't think that was acceptable. So I think that's the reason why these games were so hard back then. Yeah, nowadays they're just longer, mostly. Just put in more stuff that just takes time. But Yeah, achievements. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's really the way forward either. <laughs> but I don't know. Um, but in general, the reviews were really good. I mean, this game was clearly well-received. And uh, yeah, I don't remember anyone not liking this game, to be honest. I mean, it's Prince of Persia. Come on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, actually, yeah, one of the, old, the oldest review I found thinking back was it was classic game of the month in like the second PC magazine I ever bought. Ah, they were already doing the, the retro game thing. Yeah, they had one at the back. They used to have like cheap like telephone directory paper at the back with all the dealers' listings and things. This is huh. a very different era back then, but one of the pages yeah. had a classic game of the month. Huh. That's, uh, that's fun. Well, it's definitely a classic game, isn't it? I mean, yeah, that's also why we picked it, of course. Um, now, if people want to get into it nowadays... Is it actually available anywhere? I don't know. I'm not sure. I didn't it find was... I didn't find any place where you could buy it. Even eBay, there's nothing on eBay. Huh? It's it's horrible. If it's open source, it must be available for free, surely. Right, because the source was released, so maybe that's why it's not in the stores in like Steam or GOG.com or such things. Uh, but but the source release was only the Apple II version. Oh, okay. Hmm. Okay. All right. I think the dust dust source is not available. I think hmm. I might be wrong, but I think it's only the Apple II version. Yeah. Okay. That's a bit sad. So, so the only way to play it is is yeah, just googling it and then then maybe using the archive.org dos game selection stuff like that. That's what I ended up doing. Yes. Yeah. That's a bit sad. Huh. Yeah. Or maybe just playing. You know. The version you, I guess, I guess there was also a lot of piracy back then because, yeah, that's what we talked about earlier. Everyone used to have this game for some reason, so yeah, I think, I think this is just the way that it is with this game. It's just get it, it gets passed around, and then yeah, that's that's the way. 
<laughs> how to get it. It's just know someone who has it. <laughs> yeah, I, I tried to get a boxed copy somehow, but it was impossible to find oh, one. The, I remember struck, I bought mine so many years back and it was a nightmare back then. Hmm. I ended up getting the Mac one, so it's definitely a sign that it was difficult, if that's the one I've got. You've got the Mac version? I think it's the Mac version, yeah. Huh. Okay. I think it's easier to get those that were the, the ports for the several consoles. As I said, I have the Game Boy and the Game Gear version, and they were mm. easy to find and not particularly expensive. So yeah, but they were they're horrible. So that yeah. may have to do with that. <laughs> People want to get rid of those. Um. Okay. So is there is there anything about this game that we still have to discuss then? Or have we covered it all? I think we covered all the important parts. Yeah, yeah, we covered quite a bit. So I think it just comes down to uh, what what did we thought of it? Did it hold up? I think um, once you get used to the control scheme and if you don't expect the graphics to be modern looking, then you can very much enjoy the game today. I liked it. I yeah, yeah. I I think I think it still looks pretty good. Even, even you know, for today's standards. Well, it's also that nowadays pixel art is right. is, is sort of back again. And actually, actually so. I, I like the look of the first game better than the look of the second game, mm. which has higher resolution and more more colors. Uh, but I just don't like the second one. Mm. Yeah, it's the same. Well, it's the same resolution. The, anim- the animation seems to be choppier in the second one. It seems like they dropped the frame rate. Yeah, I got I, I got that too. It's uh, it's a bit annoying that the the frame rate is is a bit all over the place with the with the second one, which is yeah, it's a bit sad because the first one, one of the one of the cool things about it is is how smooth and how solid it feels. Huh. So, yeah, but uh, yeah, what do you think, Richard? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's like I said, I can't, it's hard to offer a fresh opinion, but I think it holds up incredibly well. Really, the game the gameplay was solid then. Yeah. And it, has, it hasn't it hasn't dated as much as an awful lot of games from that era. Mm. It's it's still a little unusual, even to this day. The control method, I think, if you sort of like the idea of platform games, but maybe don't like the have the reactions or whatever. Yeah, want something a bit a bit more thought to it. I think this stands up very well. I, I think it also feels a bit more solid. Mm-hmm. I mean, other games that we played, I really had problems controlling the game, or yeah, where, where the control scheme just felt a bit brittle or the whole game technically felt a bit uh if i push the wrong button it will crash but it mm. this game just just felt i don't know felt solid to me mm. yeah yeah definitely i i don't remember ha- ever having any technical issues with this game no me neither yeah, although i did see in uh, in david's speedruns videos however that there there de- there's definitely some glitching going on uh, which you can use to your advantage. To, uh, for example, you can float up to the to higher levels, or you can bypass certain sections by jumping just in a in an odd way. So there's definitely the possibility to glitch yourself a bit through this game. But yeah, you're not likely to run into this stuff. I wouldn't imagine. Yeah, but in general, it feels very very solid. And um, if you don't do any weird stuff, then it just behaves. Yeah. Like you expect it to, so uh, yeah, this this game definitely feels very very good, uh, and and oddly enough, even though the DOS version is is a port technically, I think it's the best version of this game. 
I mean, I don't mean this as a as a DOS versus Amiga sort of thing because the Amiga version is is virtually identical to the DOS version. But yeah, well, DOS version's automatically better, of course. <laughs> exactly. No, but I mean, if you if you look at the original on the Apple II, it's a bit um, well. The frame rate drops quite a bit from time to time. Uh, I think the Apple II just doesn't have the horsepower to really run this game comfortably, yeah. while while a DOS PC definitely does. So uh, I think I think actually in a way that the DOS game, even though it's support, it's it's the version you should play, and it's the version maybe that's remembered as uh, well as the game, and it still holds up very well. I mean, I played it now, and it was just it's it's one of those games you. You just must have played if you're interested in old games, I think. Mm. Or so, in games. <laughs> yeah, it's just interesting. I mean, it's just a fun game and it only takes, uh, well, not an hour, but still. No, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean we, we played a lot of games that are maybe not so important for gaming history. But mm. as we, we, we started the podcast by talking about how everybody knew this game. Yeah. And that, that, that means something, I guess. Mm. Definitely, yeah. So yeah, if you're interested in 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 DOS history and and game history and stuff like that, yeah, give give Prince of Persia a try. That's uh, it, it's a must-have played game, I I think. I agree. So yeah, that's it. I think for Prince of Persia, it's currently August as we're recording this, so we are still playing uh, Warcraft Two, which is also a very good game and also a classic. Uh, a classic entry, but if you have any thoughts to share about that game, then you can go over onto the forums on uh, dosgameclub.com. Um, and in the coming months, we will be playing quite a, a lot of classic games. So uh, I think it's time to to start picking some less popular games, Florian, because this is this is a bit of a crazy list. <laughs> I mean, we just had Prince of Persia. Warcraft 2 is going on right now. Next month in September, we will be playing The Secret of Monkey Island by uh, by LucasArts, mm. which is, of course, a super famous point-and-click adventure game. Uh, and then in October, we will be playing Alone in the Dark, which is the yeah survival horror game, right? right. It's a yeah, 3D action-adventure. I think it's, it's one of the first games of that type, actually. It's it's quite old. It's yeah. Uh, yeah. So that will be interesting. And e- even more popular, I hope uh, at least with me will be what we're playing in November. Okay. Um, we're going to play Master of Orion two. Okay. So yeah, five great games in a row. Hmm. Uh, six if you count Tyrion. Yeah. So yeah, it's definitely time we play some rubbish unknown games after this because <laughs> this is just a crazy <laughs> list. We can't keep this up, surely. So uh, if you're interested in any of this stuff, uh, come join us over on dosgameclub.com and you can post on the forums, share your thoughts with us. And uh, and if you want, you can even be on the podcast uh, with us to talk about these games. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter, where we're called Dos Game Club. Um, and actually, our Twitter account, it's doing quite well, isn't it? It is, absolutely. Because uh, we've passed a thousand followers now. Uh, yep, we are at 1,034 followers now. Yeah, so... Uh, Crazy. That's that's a reason to celebrate. Um, so yeah, thanks th- thanks everyone for, for following us there. And uh, it's really encouraging to see uh, people interested in this stuff. So uh, that's awesome. 
Now, and of course, if you are uh, uh, listening to this podcast through uh, a podcasting service, such as uh, Stitcher or iTunes or whatever service you uh, are using, then please leave a review uh, and, and leave a comment if you want, because that really helps. Uh, well, it helps us to, to get some feedback and it helps others to discover this show and, and get the word out. So, uh, yeah, please do that. And um, I think that's it for for this month. So uh, see you all uh, next time. And thanks a lot for for being here uh, on the show, Richard. Oh, thank you for having me. Uh, and yeah, David, of, of course. course in absentia. Yeah, David, he was left. But also thanks to David, of course. And, and thanks to you for listening. So uh, until the next time. Bye. 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 Yeah.